Hey, wrestling fans, a quick note before we get to this episode. I'm pleased to announce that our latest audio documentary, The Henry Cejudo Experiment, will be going live on Monday, April 24th. You can listen to all six episodes right here on Wrestling Changed My Life. Now on with the episode. Preparation builds confidence. You know, it breeds confidence. The more dialed you're in with your preparation and the more belief you have in the preparation, that confidence overtakes the anxiety. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is UFC legend Gray Maynard. Gray had over 22 fights in the UFC. He was a two-time title contender. Eight times he was the main or co-main event. And back at Michigan State, go Sparty, he was a three-time All-American. He was also a high school state champion for St. Ed's legendary program out of Ohio. Great to have Gray on the podcast. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Fan of the week goes to our friend Dave Koble out in Michigan. Proud new owner of a Wrestling Change My Life hoodie. Irish Green. I love it, Dave. Thank you so much for supporting both the store and for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for Gray Maynard. Just a quick update from our sponsor, then we'll be right back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Frog Ninja Wrestling Club. They were with us last year and they're back to promote their upcoming summer camps. If you're in the PA area, check out these camps. Amazing clinicians. The first camp is June 27th through the 29th at the Spooky Newt Complex in Lancaster, PA. Clinicians include Mike Evans, David McFadden and Brian Pearsall, who's the head coach at, excuse me, the head associate coach at Penn and a former Penn State wrestler. The Frog Ninja Wrestling Club is also doing a second camp in Oxford, PA, July 11th through the 13th. One of my favorite clinicians for this camp is Morgan McIntosh, who's an Army Green Beret, three-time All-American and NCAA finalist for Penn State. He was also a three-time California State champ. He's going to be at the second camp in Oxford, PA. So register now at frogninjawrestlingclub.com. Gray Maynard, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. I'm excited with uh, with what you're doing with, with 
blend and the in the gym you're running as well. And it's just cool to look at your social media and see like how into fitness and nutrition you still are. Cause you know, half the wrestlers we know they go down one path where they balloon up, man, but you've stayed on the grind over these years. Talk to us about what you're doing at blend. Yeah. So my wife is a, a functional nutritionist, kind of like holistic medicine. Um, she really tries to figure out ways um, especially with people with chronic illness, you, you know, to how to, um, to, to help them or cure them in, uh, you know, through nutrition, through lifestyle change and, and, um, yeah, just, just taking it, um, a little bit more of a holistic approach. Yeah. And what are you doing at prime combat? Is that your, is that the gym you run? Yeah, that's the gym I run. It's all under one roof. Um, we got. The, I'll give you a quick tour. There's the smoothie bar, and then there's the gym back there. Love it. So, um, yeah, uh, the gym we're we're doing. You know, mixed martial arts. There's a, a kids wrestling program. You know, I got my nephew. He's in the eighth grade, and and he's really made up his mind to to take wrestling as far as he can take it. And, um, you know, I wanted to, to help him with that goal, you know, cause I've been through it and, um, you know, ultimately we want the whole point of the gym is, is, um, the gym and the smoothie bar is to, to help create a community that, that we've been in a long time. And that's just move your body and, and, you know, try to be, try to live healthy and, you know, and, and while still, while still trying to enjoy life, but, but, um, you know, just, just waking up feeling good and feeling like you're ready to take on life, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned that at the gym, you're doing some, some wrestling and your nephew made the decision to go kind of all in on wrestling. When did you make that choice? I say I made that choice. So, so, so I started wrestling when I was probably, I don't know, four. Um, you know, my dad, he was a two time state champ in Ohio and, and, uh, great wrestler. And, um, it was just kind of in our blood, but it, it, it wasn't really pushed upon me. You know, he told me stories about the old wrestlers and, and, um, but, um, you know, I got going young and I was in and out and it wasn't really a big deal and he didn't pressure me. And, and then, um, uh, it was probably around seventh grade. I went to a camp with Tom and Terry brands there and I saw them. No, here's what happened it was in Vegas and I watched Tom and Terry brands wrestle at the U S open live. Like I've, I saw him, you know, when we would watch the NCAAs or, or something, but just watching how like intense they were and just being like right next to them, you know, asking them for an autograph. And, and uh, I was like, Whoa, this sport, <laughs> like, it just changed my idea about the sport, you know, and, and just probably changed my life. Cause, um, 
that summer I went to camps like with them and um you know I was just like probably uh you know total fanboy you know just like asking them questions and and um yeah but that's where I knew that I wanted to take the sport you know to the next level and and I wanted to compete a bit I wanted to compete against the best and and um I wanted to compete like them you know like with that intensity and with that drive and that 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 uh the passion to win and the hate for losing and yeah <laughs> it was just wow that's to see yeah. him up close like that and you don't think about being able to go to the U.S. Open as a kid and watch. You know, like most people yeah. don't think about that. But if you live in Vegas, I guess you do, right? Right, right. You know, and and that's not a that wasn't a huge wrestling area, right? But being able to go there, um, you know, it just really made me see like what's out there, just in the sport, you yeah. know, and. and um, um, that's not yeah. the U.S. Open where Tom Brands got teched by John Smith, is it? Or is that a different one? That was a different one. He he won, he won that one, or he won the one I went to. You know, because like we watched him in college and whatnot. But but when when you get close to him and and you get close to that intensity, it was it was just a different story, you know. And that's when when I really changed my mind and, and, um, you know, didn't really pay attention to other sports. You know, I played a couple other sports, but it was just, it was wrestling, you know? And I, yeah. When you hear him up close like that, you hear him, hear him grunting, you hear him like getting all serious, yeah. man. That's, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just, uh, um, you know, and, and the great part about wrestling is, you can take a kid that idolizes somebody and um, you can go to a camp, you can be up close to him. You can, you can talk to him. And, and uh, he always gave me good, you know, tips and he would, um, you know, like I remember when I couldn't go to Iowa um, and I chose to go to state, um, you know, I still wrote him. You know, and he wrote me back and, and, uh, he did. Yeah. 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 Wow. What do you remember what he said or kind of what the message was? Yeah. Just, just how, cause, cause my goal was to go to Iowa. Right. And, uh, my senior year, you know, I had a lot of schools and Tom Brands, he talked to me as well. He wasn't the head coach, but they also had, um, TJ Williams for, you That's know, a tough one. National champ. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and Schwab we below talking. that. Huh? And Schwab below that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, tough team, but, um, uh, we were, we always kind of struggled like fighting kind of with the money part of it. But, you know, I was still able to go to St. Ed's and, uh, you know, and, do that you know and and that took my career to the next to a whole nother like level but um 
you know, by the time I got into the 12th grade, you know, I was, I was just dead set on Iowa and, um, you know, it just didn't come through. It's, it's kind of how that works is, uh, you know, with colleges and good, good recruits, it's, it's more of like, if they need you, you know, and when did you realize, like, at what point during your senior year, did you kind of concede that you weren't going to be able to go to Iowa and receive money? I held off until, I don't know, like April, um, till after high school nationals. And then, um, you know, a lot of schools weren't really looking at me a lot because, um, um, you know, I took second in the state my junior year. I lost to Keaton Anderson. 10th grade, I was like a Nevada state champ. Wasn't really a big deal, you know, back then. But then uh, senior year, you know, I just ripped through it all. And, um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, he told me. He was like, man, you know, I want you here, but we can't give you too much money. Mm-hmm. you know and um and walk like, one was just out of the question financially for you guys yeah i mean hindsight you know you can you can do a lot of stuff you know and if you believe in what you're doing um you know you just have to take that leap you know and and um but um u of m you know was a great one uh state asu you know, there was a lot of schools, mm-hmm. a lot of schools in the mix, but, you know, just. So what did Brand say once he said you, you can't, there's no money? Is it just, hey, keep, keep plugging, keep working, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And then I chose state, you know, and um, like I remember getting there and, and, and um, it's hard coming from St. Ed's because you do have John Heffern in there and uh, you got like an Iowa product and, and, you know, it's like, it's basically like the Gable of, you know, like high school, Mm -hmm. Uh, just, he's an unbelievable coach and, and he learned a lot of stuff off Gable and, and uh, you know, you're kind of stuck in those ways, which is a good ways to be stuck in. But um how do you like what what was different like like just like the discipline or like the way you guys went about practice or like how what was the big changes yeah i mean it was it was just different just just new coaches just um just new coaches you know new training um you know new mentalities new systems and uh it was it's it, you know, when it gets you out of your like routine and gets you out of your comfort zone in a different way, you know, um, it's kind of like a little scary at times, like, Oh my God, is this going to work? You know? And, and, um, so, you know, I would keep in touch with, with John coach half. And then, but I wrote, Tom Brands, you know, and he wrote me back a long letter just going through what he did to get better and, you know, how he would get up at 4 a.m. to go train with Gable, you know, to go through like a workout 
but then be back in bed by 6 a.m you know to sleep to get a sleep or there's just a lot of stuff it was a great letter you, you still know, have it do you still yeah, let's get that printed or let's get that online dude that's crazy yeah. he got i never heard that he got up at like four to work out with gable that's freaking nuts yeah yeah just to go over technique you know and and uh you know i know that, that they're big on like sleep and recovery and and um which 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 back then was 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 not really big right you know it wasn't it was it was you know train harder train longer train more but but um the more i look into to what they did you like man they really were ahead of of uh the game to an extent you know and um, mm -hmm. yeah because you really wouldn't think that with the brands right i mean I'm yeah yeah you remember yeah, anything no. else from that than that detailed breakout or like how he went about his day or how we got better i don't mean to yeah, put you on the no, spot i don't remember it it's 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 really been a long time That's since so i looked awesome. at it but yeah it was uh you know i've kept that a long time and and wow that's pretty awesome. Um, so let's go back to your journey to St. Ed. So you, you grew up in, in Nevada. You won a state title in Nevada as a sophomore. How do you get to St. Ed's? So um, in the ninth grade, I went to a school, Bonanza High School, and um, the, there was a good coach there. You know, um, he went to northern Iowa. Um, can't remember if he started, but you know, he's an Iowa boy and just love Gable. And, and, uh, you know, I was just all in as well. But, but, um, dude, you were surrounded by Iowa people. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> With half yeah. and this guy, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember like, in the eighth grade, um, you know, going up to high school to train with them. And then in the ninth grade, uh, I got there, didn't really quite, quite get to my potential. And, and it just made me even more hungry. And at that time, Calvary Chapel was, was doing a really good job, you know, and I wanted to test myself, um, you know, in a good state, California, Ohio. And um, at the time, John Azevedo's brother um, took over a job at a school close to us and uh, transferred there. Uh, yeah, one of my buddies, he went there too, you know, and transferred there with the idea of like, Hey, it's close. You know, I might be able to go to Calvary chapel and, um, and yeah, my dad told me we made a deal. You know, if I keep my grades up, I run through everybody, then we'll talk about it, you know? And yeah, I did that. How did you go to St. Ed's over Calvary chapel though? So that, you know, he grew up in Cleveland, two-time state champ. We always followed Ed's. You know, I just didn't know, um, you know, if that was going to happen. And uh, and then uh, he called up after I won state, 
and Coach Urbis, you know, just made stuff happen. Um, you know, and and we still had aunts and uncles, you know, he had brothers and sisters, and um we really did a lot to, to make it happen. Really did a lot to make it happen, yeah. yeah. And then uh just packed up all my clothes in trash bags and threw it in the back of an 88 Subaru and, and, uh, you know, drove out to Ohio with, with your dad or by yourself. Um, no, we had a friend help us, um, drive back with me, you know, and then, um, yeah, car broke down like about 80 miles out, 30 miles out or, or something. And, and, and uh but that didn't stop me (laughs) (laughs) were you yeah we what were you homesick um the first year was was tough because you know as a wrestler and and you know this is kind of what my little nephew's going through like right now just going up to bigger you know bigger tournaments and whatnot um is you're questioning you know should i be here you know, and um, it's just one of those kind of steps in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get that question, like, you know, do I belong with these guys? Do I belong in the top in the state, or do I belong in the top in the nation? You know, and and that's ultimately what you gotta choose. That's know? a lonely feeling if you're in that spot, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brutal. That that's... was the whole junior year, you know. I was going to say, so you get to St. Ed's, one of the great programs of all time. And who are the guys you're wrestling with or you're watching go that are making you feel that way? Um, It wasn't so much like in the room, right? Because, you know, I got there and, and could hang with whoever. And, um, but wrestling, you know, in the wrestling room is a little bit different. You know, you go under the lights, you get the pressure, and that's that's the the key to competing in a combat sports, like a one on one. You know, and and um, is being able to produce it mm. with the bright lights on you, and um, that's that's kind of where it was like you know, we're dueling Blair Academy, we're dueling Easton. And and back then it was like amateur wrestling news. You're looking through the magazines and, and, you know, I'm like Jamar Billman's in there, like Marchetti and, and um, just all these good Joe Heskett, you know, and, and like all these good guys, you know, I had gone up to Reno tournament of champions my 10th grade just to go watch, you know, cause it was a great tournament. And my coach at the time, he was brothers with John as he had his son at Calvary, you know, and he was going up and I was like, yeah, I'll go too. And just watched all that competition and just watch like, you know, the Jabbar Billman's and the Brian Snyder's and, and just all these like really good guys. And then the next year you're, dueling all those guys and you're going up against them at the iron man and you're you're doing all that stuff and 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 to be honest like that was 
a big deal back then, right? You wait for the amateur wrestling news to come out or you wait for USA Wrestling, whatever magazines it was. And, and uh, you know, like once a month. But um, I can't imagine what it is now with all this social media and 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 just like these hype trains and, and <laughs> you know, that get behind, you know, kids and just all these outlets and um um yeah it's crazy yeah, it is you, know, you almost become fans of them and it's like yeah, they're supposed to be your peers yeah 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 and 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 john heffernan he was always great at at like you, you know basically um just taking one match at a time and and it doesn't matter who it is and and we couldn't really go look at brackets. It was just, you know, wrestle, just, just wrestle, you know? And what's the, uh, you know, what's the status of the St. Ed's team at that time? Were you guys vying for national titles or like what's, what's going yeah. on there? Yeah. Junior year, we were supposed to be really good. We were supposed to be probably, you know, number one. And, um, Walsh was kind of on their decline but Blair Academy was still was still like right there. Calvary Chapel was tough. Easton was tough. Easton had Jamar Billman, Brian Snyder, you know, and we ran through the gauntlet and um, uh, we didn't really quite quite live up to the expectations we had and, you know, people had. And um, but my senior year, you know, everything just clicked and we ran through everybody you know really it was, yeah it was a great year so who are some of your teammates during those years so my junior year um we had yoshi nakamura we had uh Kulsiki, we had andy robot we had nick nemeth we had uh we had mark jane jesus mason <laughs> lenhard yeah mason we had Mason, um, uh, Ryan Bertine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm probably forgetting a couple others. But 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 you know, we had a team of pretty much all D1, you know, D1 guys. You mentioned just- Nick Nemeth, my uh, our producer of the show. He's a WWF fan. And he's like, you got to get Nick Nemeth on. And I can't think of his uh, WWF name right now, but. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, right? Dolph Ziggler. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, yeah. that's. And then that's crazy. All those guys were there. I mean, so, I mean, you got some Olympians, you got national champs. It's like yeah. crazy. Yeah. And um, so coach half is leading the, is he the head coach at the time? Uh, no, coach Herbis was. Coach Herbis was. Okay. Yeah. But. You know, Coach Half always just ran practices, and and you know, Coach Urbis was the was the um, you know checks and balances. You know, he kept us in check, and he was completely honest with us all the time. So, you know, as well as well like Coach Half was, Coach Half was more honest about wrestling and and more like honest about, you know, training. Coach Urbis was 
you know, the eyes and the ears all over the place. <laughs> and Coach Herbis was, you know, the would keep us in check just in life, you know, and, and just being a good human. And was was Coach Heffernan, what was his philosophy to like wrestling and getting better? Was he more of a hard ass or more of like a developer? Developer, you know, he was great. Um, he really taught me the importance of uh drilling, you know, he really in he really, you know, taught me the importance of the mental aspect, you know, and um and just uh you know, the pressure that I put on myself and, and, uh, you know, he, he's a good blend of like, you know, a gable and a kale. And, um, you know, he just, he was just one of the guys who I really, you know, kind of looked up to and went back to his words, you know, in college, went back to his words in MMA and, and just through life. But, Coach Urbis, you know, I go back to his words now too, <laughs> you know, just coaching kids. It's cool that it sticks with you, even through like your, your great career in the UFC and you're thinking of uh, Coach Heff's words back at St. Ed's oh, High. Yeah. 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, it's, it's just good. So, you know, when you have, when you have a person like telling you good stuff and um you know just just really gives you um the knowledge you know of of training of competing of you know it, it never really changes you know i mean training changes all the time but you know the meat and potatoes it you know, it doesn't really change. And it sounds like when you were in words, you can go back to, you know, yeah, the philosophies and the principles you can apply to business. You can apply to anything, right? Yep. It sounds like just from, from, from our conversation so far that when you got into high school and you're at St. Ed's, the performance anxiety that we all experienced started to hit you a little bit. And there's some kids that just don't feel it. And it always amazed me. I was not one of those kids. I had a lot of problems with it. And it sounds like something that you kind of battled as well at St. Ed's. What were some techniques you used to get over some of those big moment things? You know, I guess I never really classified it like as that. You know, it was just like I really had a strong will to, um, to beat the best. Right. Even if I didn't believe it right at the time, like on my jogs, it was just, you know, like I wanted to be a national champ. I wanted, you know, I would go through those matches and and coming there, maybe I wasn't as technically prepared as I needed to be, you know, and just the change of the grind and 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 uh, the change of, you know, the the higher profile profile like athletes and the competition i mean you know i guess you would classify it as yeah a little bit of um competition anxiety but but what i came to learn is um preparation 
preparation builds confidence. You know, it breeds confidence. And the more dialed you in, the more dialed you're in with your preparation and the more belief you have in the preparation, you know, that confidence overtakes the anxiety. Yeah. Right. It, the and, preparation piece is so important, right? The more you're preparing, obviously the less, the less nervous you're going to feel. Right. You know, and, and, um, you know, and this is what I tell kids like all the time, you know, are you nervous for matches? You know, everybody gets butterflies. Everybody wants to do the best that they can. And, um, you know, it really is um, the talk you have with yourself, you know, and the checklist you have, whether it's backstage and you're warming up, whether it's before a dual meet, you know, it's it's checking off all those boxes, you know, in your head. Did I drill enough? Did I, you know, did I go live? You know, did I eat? Did I eat right? Did I control my nutrition? Did I control my sleep? You know, and if you check off all those, if you check off the boxes, you know, it, it, it really comes down to, um, um, you know, if you lose, win, lose or draw, you're going to walk off the mat knowing you left no, like no stones unturned. So, um, it, it really is, uh, a lot easier to identify the problems technically or, you know, what you did wrong in the match. Whereas mm -hmm. you don't have, you don't have a lot of the boxes checked off. Now you figure out all this stuff and oh, I got to make drastic changes or whatever. And you, your careers, you know, it really is a, a, a small window <laughs> with your entire life right and mm -hmm. you just gotta do it right you know you just gotta make make all those check all those boxes right and there's a lot of different boxes recovery sleep you know mental you got the mental preparation you got you know and then you got all the drilling and the live wrestling and and um yeah yeah, it's it, it definitely is something I've seen consistent with guests who who do have kind of like a visualization routine is that they go through that in a, in a pre-match sense uh or in a pre you know before a match is that something you would do even at the uh even at the UFC level when you're getting ready to walk out and, and you're a headline and I mean that that has to be pretty crazy and and I'm sure there's ways yeah. that you went about controlling your energy for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you know, and again, like I try to tell the kids, there's a difference between butterflies and then there's a difference between actual nerves, right? Nerves are when there's a lot of questions that aren't answered. You know, that's when the nerves, that's when you're nervous, right? Because <laughs> you don't know, right? But butterflies are just, you know, I know I prepared. I know I did what I needed to do. And I've had both. You know, like I've if you gone have, into having the former scary, man, right? Yeah. You know, I've gone into competitions not prepared the way I need to be. And that's when nerves that's when nerves come in. Yeah. No, I can 
That, I was going to say, that's the scary part is when you, you can't answer those questions. Right. And so what, once you're at St. Ed's, like knowing just the journey you had to get there and all the, all the, you know, the challenges and the different obstacles you had to get there. Once you finally did win state your senior year, what was that feeling like? It was good, but you know, got wrestling. It's, 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 such a brutal sport as far as the mentality that you have to have, you know, you got get your arm raised for 10 seconds, you know, and you go hug people and it's awesome. You wake up the next day, you know, you had that champion sleep or whatever it was, but halfway through that day, you're thinking about what's next, you know, and, uh, you know, who to beat. There's always people to beat out there. And, and uh, it was great to get that off my plate. But, you know, I had um, I remember I had the high school nationals like right after that, you know, and it was it was just a lot more to prove. On to the next one. You got junior nationals and then you got college and then you got, you know, it's just, it's never ending, which is great, which is great. It keeps you motivated. Just like life though. Life is never ending. There's always stuff to, to do, to, to compete with, to accomplish. I mean, you know, it ain't done until you're six feet under. (laughs) It's always a, it's always something new. And and for you, it's like you get done with a great career in high school and then you're at Michigan state and starting all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Who were, um, uh, who were okay. some of your, uh, your, your workout partners and mentors there? You know, I had Roger Chandler there. He had just got the job there. He was an assistant and that was kind of why I really went there is, um, you know, I liked his style, you know, he was a hammer. And, um, and I gave it a chance and, and, um, um, yeah, but we did a lot of workouts there, you know, like we wrestled a lot and, uh, but, you know, of course I had a lot of people on my team, um, for a couple years, uh, they brought in Alexi Fia and he was a Cuban bronze medalist, a world champion, and um, learned a lot off him. He was great. Wow. To have him in the room like that. That's, a, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Was Rashad there as well? Yeah, he was. He came in about halfway through my college career because he went to a junior college. Got it. You know, okay. And he came in my junior year. And we had junior and senior year together, you know, great guy. And a story that, um, you know, I kind of tell about him was he had just got to school. It was probably the day after. And he was, he came in the room and, you know, like one of the guys just was putting it on him, putting it on him. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, it was probably like an hour grind or whatever. And, um, you know, he just kept coming back. He just kept, you know, he was dead tired, hadn't trained, 
you know, and, but he was, he was game, you know, and right then is when I kind of knew I was like, I like this guy. (laughs) Yeah. When you, when you have those workouts where you're coming in and maybe it's like summer or, or late fall and you haven't really been working out that much and you have that first one, and your yeah. feet, you can't move your feet and your lungs are burning. Like there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Brand new school. The pressure's on. You get, you know, you get a guy who wants to prove to you that, you know, you're coming in low man on the totem pole or whatever it is. And, 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 uh, now he, he took it and, and he kept coming and, and, you know, you could tell he was dog tired. You could tell he was, he was, um, you know, and that's just, that's just kind of what you look for it. Like with the mentality and, um, you know, you want those guys, you know, to be around you and, and yeah, yeah, it was great. And once you got done with your career at Michigan state, did you know you were going to go MMA the whole time? No, I had no idea. I had no idea about that. How did it get on your radar? So I went out to um, Arizona State to go train with Eric Larkin and Steve Blackford. You know, I was working with a coach my last couple years, uh, Luke Richardson. Um, he's a strength and conditioning coach. And he was giving me emails and, and we were we were doing that, you know, um, just to put my just to put my last year together, like really nice, hadn't achieved the goals, you know, I really had planned, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I went out there and, and trained for a couple years, you know, in the Olympics, it's a tough road, you know, it really is. Um, and that was in like, Oh, I got done with college in Oh three. And then um, just moved straight out there. And then after the Olympics in 04, I went back to Las Vegas. I worked real estate, you know, and um, and then one of my buddies got me into a jujitsu gym because, you know, I was kind of hungry to, you know, to wrestle or to not run on a treadmill, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what is this? You know, is like, I can't do this the rest of my life. <laughs> I have contact and, and, uh, jujitsu was cool. Went in there and, and, um, there was a lot of Hawaiians, you know, and we we're jujitsu and I was kind of helping them train for, um, you know, takedowns and, and stuff. And I guess word got back to BJ Penn, you know, and then I get a random call from BJ Penn's brother, you know, and he was like, Hey, you want to come help teach him some takedowns and and stuff? I was like, yeah, Hawaii. Cool. (laughs) Let's go. And so that was the, that was one of the big turning points to get you into that, that venue. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of, you know, I flew down to Hawaii and uh, he was training for a Gracie over in Japan. He had already left the the UFC and um, he was training for a Gracie, 
you know, he didn't want to get taken down, I guess. Um, you know, and I really got into the MMA part of it, you know, not just jujitsu. I was probably down there about three weeks, you know, helping him out. And then I came home and, you know, I knew that that was uh, something I wanted to do. And um, I remember the U.S. Opens were going on like right after that. And so um, I had dinner with Kevin Vogel. Do you remember him? Uh-uh. A Greco guy, you know, he trained at the U or he coached at the U of M. He's a coach here at a high school now, but um, he trained a lot with Couture. Mm. Anyways, we're having dinner, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of talking to him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get into MMA. He's like, well, let me call up Randy Couture. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and Randy Couture had a, he just moved down there, you know, and, um, and he told him, he's like, yeah, show up to wherever at three o'clock and we'll take him in. And so I show up there and, and been with him pretty much my whole career. That's, that's a crazy path to get there. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to, to BJ. What was it like getting your hands on him back then, man? He was unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't really follow you know, the MMA and stuff. So when the call came in, you know, I didn't even know who he was really. And I was just immersed in wrestling, you know, and, um, um, you know, I really got there and, and, and kind of understood that, you know, it's an actual sport that like these guys train, these guys are athletes, you know, and, and, um, you know, he was really, he was really an athlete. Like, like, I don't know if it's genetics or built or whatever, but, but he just had balance. He had movement, he had speed, he had a lot of stuff that, that, um, you know, just made me understand like why he's the champ, you know, at the time, um, you know, I'll never forget a video of him. I don't know if it was like an embedded or what, but he's like underwater, 12 feet underwater, carrying a boulder, like walking yeah. on the sand of the ocean. It's like yeah, yeah. freaking crazy. Yeah. And so were, were they expecting you to like get in there and spar during this camp? Or are you doing like wrestling instruction? Like what was your role? Just wrestling instruction, you know, just being there to go live with them. There was a little bit of sparring and I had no idea like what to do, but um but it gave me a taste of, you know, hey, now I can take a person down and punch them, <laughs> you know. So this is interesting. I like this. Well, and back then, jujitsu was so much more under the radar than it is now. And so as a wrestler, you're thinking there's no way anyone can tap me. I'm absolutely impossible. And so yeah. the first time you do get tapped in there, what are you thinking about jujitsu? And you're like, are you obsessed with it at that point? Or like, how were, how were your goes early on? Um, yeah, you know, if you have a wrestling background, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to make the adjustments jujitsu while jujitsu wise, mm -hmm. you know, um, and what I see with a lot of wrestlers who come in, who had to deal, you know, and I had to deal with it as well was 
trying not to lose your wrestling and be a jujitsu guy. You're not, you know, you gotta, you gotta make that blend, you know, to where you have the grappling, you have the jujitsu, but you're keeping your, your, your base, your core, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, um, it took me a long time, you know, um, probably around 2010 11 ish you know is where i was like you know i gotta change this up i can't i can't pay attention to i can't be a jujitsu guy like i can't that's not who i am Mm -hmm. you know and i blended it like really well together and then you know it's still coming along you know and and um sure yeah it's great and the other thing I was I was excited to ask you about is, you know, the the show The Ultimate Fighter is on the top of everyone's mind right now because of, you know, Michael Chandler and McGregor and I think that just got done filming. You were on Tough 5. What yeah. what's it like when you're at that house? Like what what goes on? Uh, I guess better way to put it is how much of like the show is accurately predicting what's going on like once you're on that property and you're kind of blocked off from the world. Yeah. It's a really nice jail. you know you get what you want you live in a nice house but you got to go up against you know all those guys um you know and I remember being in a hotel room like locked in a hotel room until we got on the tv show you know and I've never been like a like a big tv guy you know I don't I don't watch that stuff but um but um you know, I turn on a TV and there's this reality TV show with it was like, uh, you know, Big Brother or whatever, you know, and there's all this drama going on. And, um, you know, I just knew in my mind, like, I didn't want to be known for drama or mm-hmm. talk. You know, I wanted to be known like as a guy who wants to be there to win it, you know, that that, you know, and not not try to get camera time. Right. um, So just going, going on to it, it was, it was, um, you know, I knew whatever I put out there, right. Whether it's physically, whether it's uh, verbally, right. It's, it's all caught on camera, you know, and, and, um, you know, I needed to, to try to be careful of, you know, how, like I'm depicted, you know, and, and, um, that was a big deal to me. Yeah. <laughs> so know? you were in the hotel, like after it had been shot and you're and they're locking you no, up so you don't before, say anything or okay. Before, before. Yeah. Because you have to go to a hotel room for like three days or whatever. And then you go in the house. Got it. And how long yeah. are you actually in the house shooting for? I think I was in the house six weeks. That's a long time. No TV, no telephones, no reading, no nothing. No TV even. Nothing because the reality, right, is any, it's not reality, but it's like, how, how do we create drama? You know, how do we, we get these guys a little crazy and, and, you know, there's always this, there's always booze around there and, and, uh, yeah. In the just, house, there's booze. Wow. You would think it'd be yeah, like the yeah. opposite since you guys oh, are all, want, they want no, you guys boost up. 
hey, this is TV. It's not, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want some of that, uh, that love yeah. is blind drama. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't want to give that, right? You know, I wanted to be, to be the guy that, that, uh, you know, chooses words wisely and, and, um, you know, put it, put it all in how I competed. Mm -hmm. Well, in the, uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you is I see this every time I think about your name or when, every time I see your name, I think about this gray Simons. Is there any relation to that or like why you're named uh, gray? Yeah. So, um, growing up, well, yeah, my dad, he named me after him because he was his favorite. You know, he liked Grace Simons and he liked uh, Ujiro Yutaki. You know, I would hear about those guys all the time. Legends. You know, legends, you know, and uh, yeah, he named me after Gray. Wow. That's a, it's cool because you don't, that's a name that, you know, I like to think I was a diehard. I had never heard that name until I started the podcast. And in about, once or twice a year, someone will reach out and say, Hey man, like this guy, gray had was like insane coach. Richard Mendelson is a, a past guest who always talks about gray Simons and it's just talks about him. Like he's Gable almost. Yeah, he was, man. He was, um, he, he was a three timer. Back when you could only do three. Yeah. Yeah. You could only do three like him and Yujiro Yutaki, I guess were, were just like, like untouchable almost. Wow. You know? Well, in so. the, the last question we always ask everybody, you know, kind of the theme of this podcast, wrestling changed my life. What's the, like the biggest impact that you've seen throughout your fighting and now your business owner career in terms of how wrestling impacted and shaped your life? Yeah. I mean, again, we've, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, preparation builds confidence checking off the boxes, um, just the mentality to get in there and, you know, to work. I mean, you know, everybody's like, you know, in the MMA world, man, wrestlers do great because they wrestled or whatever, but it goes so much deeper. You know, we know how to get in there and learn stuff that we don't know, whether it's striking, whether it's jujitsu, we know how to put the time in, you know, we know how to, uh, to work hard, to train hard when nobody's looking, you know, and, and, um, you know, again, that, that just goes to life, you know, as well. And, uh, you know, that's where, that's, that's more so what, what coach Urbis like really preached to us, mm. you know, all these habits they're going to carry over into life, you know, to be a good person, to be a, um, to achieve your goals. Cause there's going to be a time after wrestling. There's going to be a time after sports that, that you are going to have to, um, you know, get out of a little ditch or whatever it is, right. Those speed bumps of life. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it definitely takes training hard, working hard, whatever it is, but it also takes like mentally preparing and, and, you know, 
like mentally working through it. Absolutely. Well, Gray Maynard, great to have you on the podcast today, brother. I'm so glad we got connected and really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it was great. Take care, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was presented by Frog Ninja Wrestling Club, who's putting on two camps this summer. Go to frogninjawrestlingclub.com if you're in the PA area and want to learn from some of the best in the business. frogninjawrestlingclub.com. Register for their upcoming summer camps now. We'll see you later this week with a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!